You are listening to Julia's Trucking Cafe News Hour. Welcome to Julia's Trucking Cafe. Thank you for joining me today. How are you doing? I hope you had a good holiday and good Thanksgiving. And let's get to the news. As always, I have lots to get to. A truck driver loses his life after crashing off the Conowingo Dam, or Conowingo Dam in Maryland. Maryland State Police say that a truck driver was killed early on Tuesday morning, November 26th, after he crashed off the Conowingo Dam. Police say that the crash happened around 1.30 Tuesday morning. According to reports, he was traveling on US-1 when it crashed off the side of the dam and landed on the shoreline below. He was traveling southbound. You could see where the tractor trailer crashed off the side of the road, just past Maryland 222. Earlier reports stated the crash happened on the south side of the dam, but it was actually in the Cecil County side on the north side. Police say that the truck driver was pronounced dead at the scene. Preliminary investigation into the crash suggests that the truck driver failed to negotiate a turn. Heavy fog was reported in that area at that time. U.S. 1 and Conowingo Road was closed uh, till 10 a.m. through noon while repairs were made to the dam. And someone just paid $12 million for a custom semi-truck. I saw a picture of this, and honestly, I don't know. If you, I love chrome. Um, yeah, but it's like over, way over the top. And yeah, it's definitely eye-catching. One of the most eye-catching custom trucks in the world just sold for millions at an overseas auction. Thor 24, a highly customized 84 Peterbilt 359, was sold for a whopping $12 million to an unnamed buyer at the Worldwide Auctioneers event in Saudi Arabia. The auction was part of a five-day automotive show featuring historic, rare, and custom vehicles from around the world. The truck was built by entrepreneur Mike Hara, who says that he put seven years of work and seven million into the truck. The Thor 24 truck features swords, battle axes, skulls, and graphics of Norse gods in battle. He said the truck specs on the uh, Thor tw- from the Thor 24 website, it's got a V24 71 Detroit diesel in it. A one-of-a-kind 1979 Peterbilt 359 crew cab. It was custom stretched out. A 1933 custom-built Ford Grill tribute. A 12 by 871 supercharger. A 3,974 3, you know, 3, horse. What? Maxim- maximum speed is 130 miles an hour. Got four drag chutes, 12 feet in diameter. Took seven years to make, $7 million. It's completely chrome-plated, a polished aluminum, stainless steel undercarriage. A Hawker jet engine, auxiliary APU. He's 44 feet long, 32,000 pounds, 1,500-watt, 110 world-class sound system, seven movie screens, 
including a 40-inch movie screen. And if you go to the article, you can have look at the video of this truck below. He he's got a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of horns on it and everything. Yeah, it's it it looks like a, like a race truck. It's nothing that you can use going down the road. If you like a lot of chrome and everything, you know, hey, good for you. Kudos to the driver that that built it. I know it took him a lot of time and stuff, but yeah, they definitely over the top. Kind of like what you would see in uh, Mad Max of the Thunderdome, you know, with Tina Turner in it. It was like one of them kind of trucks. That's what it reminds me of. But anyway, let's get back to the news. Cummins, the um, diesel motor company, is to lay off 2,000 workers amid a downturn in demand for trucks. According to the article, engine manufacturer Cummins announced that they'd be laying off thousands of workers due to reduce of demand in trucks. On Monday... November 25th, Cummins announced that they would lay off 2,000 of the company's 62,000 global workforce. The layoffs are expected to start at the beginning of 2020. Now, I just reported last week on Volvo was doing the same thing. They issued a statement, and here's from the statement, and I quote, As we communicated to our employees last week, demand has deteriorated even faster than expected, and we need to adjust to reduce costs. We have already taken several actions in response to declining revenues. This includes reduced discretionary spending across the company, several global efforts to optimize our operations, voluntary headcount reductions, and we continue to align production with demand at our manufacturing facilities. Unfortunately, we must do more to reduce costs because the downturn is happening at a sharper pace than we experienced in previous two cycles or two years. We are going to reduce our global workforce by approximately 2,000, which I anticipate completely by quarter one of 2020. We understand this is incredibly difficult for those directly impacted and for all employees across the company, end quote. Cummins third quarter revenue was down 3% from 2018 third quarter, according to the Indianapolis Star. The company points to reduced demand in North America truck market as a reason for the reduction in revenue. Volvo Trucks also recently announced a major layoff at their Dublin, Virginia plant due to anticipated decrease in demand for trucks. Now, my wonderment, my question to who uh, all my listeners out there, and especially the drivers, are with this reduction in purchasing trucks, I'm wondering if Volvo didn't shoot themselves in the foot by mandatory putting all that anti-collision shit on the front of the truck, excuse my language, and automatically going to everything automatic when a lot of us like the standard shifter on on the floor, 18, 13, 10-speed or whatever, manual transmission, and they went to everything on the dash besides having a hard time getting replacement parts and those kind of things, what's going on with the trade war in China. So a lot of these things I'm wondering is that's why the market is declining. What are your thoughts? Leave me a comment in the comment section, either on Facebook or uh, below this podcast on the website at juliastruckatcafe.com. And in other news, a trucker was sucker punched and left knocked out on the shoulder of the road by a motorist. 
This happened Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. Well, that was just a great Thanksgiving present, don't you think? Oklahoma City police are looking for a motorist who attacked a truck driver during a road rage fight. This incident happened Tuesday, November 26th at I-35 in Oklahoma City. A veteran truck driver, Alcee Boyd, says as a road rage incident began when he blew his horn at a man in a gold SUV who refused to let him merge. Quote, what I was trying to do was get on the freeway. Didn't make no moves or nothing. All I did was blow my semi-horn at the person. They screeched on the brakes, made it a point not to let me in, and I'm already about to hit the merging point. So I stopped, got behind him, and got two lanes over. The SUV driver reportedly continued played to play a cat-mouse game with Boyd's truck until finally Boyd pulled over on the shoulder of I-35 and got out to confront the SUV driver. That was his first mistake right there. So, Mr. Boyd, I'm sorry, but you actually asked for it. I have had this done to me thousands of times on the interstate. And, yeah, you get so damn mad, yeah, pull this shit over. You know, let's, let's, uh, you, you want to confront me. You want to play chicken on the interstate. You don't understand the 80,000 pounds will crush your ass. So, he was armed with a golf club, this, this truck driver was. Spoke with the SUV driver that said he was turning to walk back to his truck when he was sucker punched. The attack left Boyd unconscious on the side of the interstate. The SUV driver left the scene. Boyd said, here's the sad part. His wife had the nerve to call my company and said that I was doing reckless driving, but yet you don't have the audacity to call an ambulance. You don't call nobody. You just left me on the side of the road like my life didn't matter. If you have any information on the road rage incident, you can call Crime Stoppers at area code 405-235-7300. Some of the attack was caught on dash cab, which you could view at the bottom of this article. But there again, people, like I said, he should have never pulled over on the side of the interstate, let alone be armed with a golf club. So those people are going to say, look, he was going to swing at me. How am I supposed to know? But... The guy also sucker punched him when he, as he turned to walk away. So that was chicken shit on their part too. Not taking any sides. I'm just claiming the facts. And a driver following his personal GPS runs afoul, it says, on the New York Parkway Bridge. Yeah, he, he crunched it. A truck driver had a terrible start to his week after New York police say that he used his personal GPS and struck a parkway bridge. A November 25th news release from Westchester County describes the bridge strike. You've heard it before, out-of-state trucker using his personal GPS, not a commercial one, and ignoring or not paying attention to multiple signs and pavement markings that trucks are not allowed on the parkway. This was the outcome on the Bronx River Parkway. A tractor-trailer traveling southbound in Yonkers struck the bridge overpass for the Cross County Parkway about 11.30 in the morning. The impact sheared the roof off the truck and destroyed the trailer. The roof ended up in the right lane of travel. That lane of travel was shut down for hours so the roof and other debris could be removed from the road. The cargo inside the truck also needed to be hauled away. Yeah, he tore the shit out of that trailer. I'm talking it's in pieces. You know, and it's a low bridge. It's an archway bridge. (laughs) 
You know, looking at it, you know you're not going to fit under the damn thing. It was probably 11 foot. Numb nut. And in other news, FMCSA pushes back entry-level truck driver training rule by two years. This week, the FMCSA, which stands for Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration, announced a two-year delay to a rule that establishes nationwide minimum training standards for new truck drivers. How did us old-timers know this was going to happen? In a notice published in the Federal Register, the FMCSA, Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration, pushed back the compliance date for, quote, minimum training requirements for entry-level commercial motor vehicle operators from February 7, 2020 to February 7, 2022. They say that the delay will allow state driver's license agencies time to update their IT infrastructure, internal procedures, and budgeting allocation to properly record driver course completion information. The delay will also allow FMCSA time to update their electronic interface. The entry-level driver training final rule was published by FMCSA on December 7, 2016. While the entry-level driver training rule does not, as some industry stakeholders had hoped, establish a minimum number of behind-the-wheel hours for CDL students, it does require that, quote, applicants seeking a CDL would be required to demonstrate proficiency in knowledge training and behind-the-wheel training on a driving range and on a public road with training obtained from an instructional program that meets FMCSA standards, end quote. The entry-level driver training rule would impact anyone obtaining a CDL for the first time or anyone who wanted to upgrade their CDL from a Class B to a Class A. At the time the final rule was published, the FMCSA said they believed the new driver training standard would reduce the number of highway deaths, increase fuel economy, and increase overall efficiency in trucking. Really? Really? Yeah, that's a bunch of BS. I'm sorry. It is. And... Oh, you're going to love this one. California DMV sold driver information for $50 million. A report released Monday, November 25th, accuses the California Department of Motor Vehicles of selling driver data for tens of millions of dollars. They found the VICE found that California DMV had routinely sold driver data like names, addresses, and vehicle registration to commercial groups who requested it. The dollar amount paid by the commercial groups increased from $41.5 million in 2013 to 2014 to $52.6 million in the years 2017 to 2018. The commercial group requesting driver information is to believe to include insurance companies, vehicle manufacturers, and prospective employers. California DMV Public Information Officer Marty Greenstein told Vice that the DMV takes his obligation to protect personal information very seriously. Really? But yeah, you could sell it for $50 million. Uh-huh. Information is only released pursuant to legislative direction. Oh, yeah, what the hell ever. And the DMV continues to release... Re- re- Tui, 
to review its release practices to ensure information is only released to authorized persons, entities, and only for authorized purposes. The DMV also audits requesters to ensure proper audit logs are maintained and that employees are trained in the protection of DMV information and anyone having access to this information sign a security document, end quote. Yeah, Marty, you're just trying to cover your CYA. You know, of course you're not going to admit that they did do it. And this episode of Julia's Truck and Cafe is brought to you by My Patriot Supply. As truck drivers, we all know what it's like to get stuck at a shipper's or receiver's to be loaded or unloaded for hours on end. Am I right? Especially produce coolers, paper mills, and grocery warehouses. That's why you need to be prepared with extra food in your truck. My Patriot Supply helps you stay prepared. Now it's not what you're thinking. My Patriot Supply is delicious emergency food. They have food kits that are good up to 25 years. I could speak from experience after living through Hurricane Katrina. We were without power for 10 days, my mother, my son, and I. And if it weren't for the MREs that were flown into us, we wouldn't have had any food. Four 60-foot pine trees broke in half during the storm and landed across my driveway, landlocking me in. So I couldn't get out to get food. Now, for a limited time, you can get a one-week supply of food in a handy and neat-looking ammo can for, guess what, just $39. Heck, I spend more than that in a truck stop eating a couple of times. Or at a couple of buffets. And even offer... They even offer gluten-free food for under $100. You don't have to buy a whole, you know, tens of hundreds of kits. Just the $39. Just try it out. All you have to do to get yours today is go to my website at juliastruckatcafe.com and click on the emergency food supply tab. Scroll down, click on any of the images to find out more information. I mean, you buy car insurance, you buy health insurance and vision and dental, why not buy food insurance? Why not stay prepared for anything that could happen? You throw it underneath your side box or put it in your pantry at the house. You always have food. You don't have to worry about if the power goes out or if there's grocery lines or if a storm is coming. The winter storms are here. I was telling you that last month. You know, and, and then spring again is going to be all the hurricanes and everything. You need to stay prepared. So go to juliastruckatcafe.com the emergency food supply tab, and get yours today. Now let's get back to the news. A wrong way car plows into a semi on an Ohio highway. This happened day before Thanksgiving, November 27th, at around 1130 at night. A fatal crash on Route 8 in Cuyahoga Falls Witness who missed getting hit on, hit head-on says the white car was north in the southbound lanes. The truck driver's okay, and the gray car was alive and transported. Police say that the vehicle is driving the wrong direction on southbound Route 8 when it collided with a semi-truck and two other vehicles. One person died in the crash, and another person was trapped in their car after the crash and had to be extracted and then transported to the hospital. Cleveland News Channel reports that the driver suspected of traveling in excess of 100 miles an hour prior to the crash. If you would like to see the dash cam footage, it's in the show notes at the bottom of this article that's entitled Wrong Way Pl- Car Plows into Semi-Truck. In a Georgia town, opens a roundabout 
and you ain't going to believe this, with a railroad track going through the center of it. The roundabout is set to open at one of the busiest intersections in Sandersville, Georgia, at Highway 242 and Hospital Road. According to Georgia Department of Transportation, the roundabout was put in place after numerous drivers made unsafe turns at the more standard intersection. Mr. Collins with the Georgia DOT told a local news station that there shouldn't be any problem with the unusual roundabout railroad combination. There's really no need for concern on the railroad end. Right now, there's no guard arms, but there will be, they will be installed. So you would have to stop just like you always would when a train is coming through. This is the first and only roundabout slash railroad track combination in the state of Georgia. First one I've ever seen. And the capital Christmas tree reaches final destination. Thanks to truck drivers. The U.S. Capitol Christmas tree was safely delivered this last week thanks to a team of law enforcement and truckers. The 60-foot-tall blue spruce tree arrived at the U.S. Capitol in D.C. after making a 2,000-mile trip from Carson National Forest in New Mexico. The truck that delivered the tree especially wrapped Kenworth W990. It has the state capitol and all sorts of cool stuff on it. A team of three truckers from New Mexico-based company Will Banks Trucking Services split up the oversized load driving duties during the tree's journey and were able to safely bring the tree to the nation's capital where it will be enjoyed by thousands. And First Lady Melania Trump uh, welcomed the tree and accepted the tree on behalf of the First Family. And a trucker helps out a fellow driver who's stuck in the slush. A news station was on hand to film one trucker giving another a helping hand during the tough winter weather situation. Nasty winter weather left a trucker stuck in the slush on I-95 rest area in Massachusetts on December 2nd. Luckily, another trucker was willing to help him help haul him out and get him back on the road. So he ended up chaining his truck to a reefer trailer, the back of the trailer and it was a tanker truck that was stuck in the slush and helped him out and that's the way it should be and this article a semi plows through another truck's trailer splitting it in half he hit that trailer so hard he went right through the floor you know of the trailer and all this happened in illinois in troy illinois monday december 2nd about 5 30 in the morning the local news station reports that a semi-truck jackknifed on the ramp from I-70 West to I-55 South during icy road conditions, coming to a stop with a trailer blocking the roadway. A second truck then hit the first truck's trailer, splitting it in two and leaving large amounts of debris scattered all over the roadway. Well, of course. The second truck reportedly hit an SUV while a fourth vehicle slid off the road Excuse me, and it hit a guardrail. The driver of the first truck suffered serious injuries and required extraction. A passenger in the truck was transported to the hospital. The driver of the second truck suffered only minor injuries, and the ramp was expected to remain shut down for a significant period of time on uh, Monday, December 2nd. Yeah, it was a forward air truck that uh, jackknifed, and, uh, you know, he laid it over on the driver's side. That's why he needed to be extracted. 
and this second truck just came barreling right on through. And in some good news, a group brightened up Thanksgiving for truckers who couldn't make it home. It's all a part of a trend tradition called Thanksgiving that has been going on for several years in Maine. During Thanksgiving, members make their way to a local truck stop to deliver care packages and appreciative note to drivers spending their holiday on the road. The note reads, Good morning. Whenever I'm driving around, I notice truck drivers. I'm all too aware that you are bringing us the very things that we are using, eating, and buying. I'm not sure everyone else does, though. To remind you that you aren't invisible and that we are thankful, here's a fun bag full of donations from my friends. In years past, the Thanksgiving teamed up with members of National Honor Society at Edwards Little High School in Auburn to treat the truckers. Uh, Daniel says, I would like to say a happy Thanksgiving and would like to say thank you so much for this wonderful, wonderful surprise I have received this morning in Auburn, Maine. This was very sweet. It really made my day a very special day. Thank you for all of the fun bag. So how about you? What did you do for Thanksgiving? Please let me know and leave a comment on the Facebook page or on the bottom of this podcast episode. That'll be on juliastruckacafe.com under the cafe menu under shows. So please stay safe out there. I'm up in Washington State this week and it's always extremely very foggy. Please use your headlights when you're using your wipers. Always use your turn signals. I notice a lot of drivers are getting lazy out there by not using their turn signals. Don't be one of them. Because I will call you out on it if you pass me up on the highway. Trust me. So, everyone take care. Keep the shiny side up. And until next time... You have been listening to Julia's Truckin' Cafe Truckin' News Hour. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Take care. Have a blessed day.